Welcome back to part two of our conversation with designated drinker, director of education at the Salem Witch Museum in Salem, Massachusetts, Rachel Christian Dunn. So if you missed part one, go back and belly up to that bar and give it a listen first. We promise we're gonna save a seat right here for you, right, Gina? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then they can go back and get that tip. Yes. And you can do your little magic in your glass or give yourself a little uh, sparkle for the day. There you go. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect for part two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also in part one, um, Rachel, you shared your journey to becoming a witch, which we know you're not, um, but um, and how your studies um, in history translates into what you do today. Um, and a little bit about the museum. Um, so... Just in case our listeners missed that, I can't imagine why they would, but just in case they did, please, again, just give us a little tidbit on uh, the overall on the museum. So we are kind of a non-traditional museum here in Salem, Massachusetts. We're presentation style. So we offer two presentations, one all about the Salem Witch Trials and what happened here in Salem in 1692. And then we also have a secondary exhibit called Witches Evolving Perceptions, where we talk about uh, the evolving image of the witch, the European witch trials, uh, why witches have broomsticks and black cats and, uh, you know, pointed hats today, um, modern day witchcraft, and then also uh, the importance of understanding the term witch hunt and how the Salem witch trials relate to our lives today. How long did you tell me that I was really surprised. How long did the witch trials last in, in Salem? It's a pretty short amount of time. It's really just so the um, initial sickness that causes them to think witchcraft is afoot. That starts in January of 1692, and the last people are getting out of jail in, uh, like, spring of 1693. So from, uh, you know, we could say in a year and a half at most, but the actual trials themselves are June to September of 1692. So a pretty short wow. period of time. That's crazy. I... a huge impact. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> yeah. But how long was it happening in Europe, though? Because it's like the same time. So Europe is much longer. Uh, the European witch trials start around 1400, and they end about 1750, approximately. Uh, so there's several hundreds of years of witch trials going on, uh, you know, sporadically throughout Europe. There's, it's not one long, continuous trial, but you see flare-ups throughout Europe during that time. That's crazy. I have another question. Gypsy, witch, are they related or not? Um, I mean, yes and no. Uh, witches are um, witches are initially defined as an individual who is thought to have sold their soul to the devil in return for magical powers, and this is a criminal offense. Uh, so that's what witches are defined as when we start hearing the word witch initially. Um, the people who are accused of witchcraft tend to be, uh, you know, again, often women, though not exclusively. Sometimes they're people who are uh, healers or use magic, although, again, not exclusively. Uh, and they're often people who don't fit into the society for one reason or another. So that is different than what a gypsy is. You know, uh, a gypsy is kind of a whole other <laughs> category. But, I mean, there's some overlaps in terms of people who kind of roam from one place to another who don't necessarily have fit into society neatly. I mean, that's the overlap, but I mean, in terms of the actual definition of what a witch is, certainly not a gypsy. <laughs> I'm just saying we've known, I've known a lot of gypsies and they <laughs> literally come up with the most craziest concoctions of like healing and stuff like that. Like, like, um, some, 
um, I guess more, mo I guess would that be more modern witchcraft with people with healing powers or is that like older? Yeah. So, I mean, today people who identify as witches, there's a little bit more of an overlap of their people who, uh, tap into magical practice. And when we say magic, you know, they're not trying to like levitate off the ground, you know, they're trying to tap into <laughs> nature essentially and the kind of natural, uh, cycles of the world. Uh, you know, so they're the ones who use like crystals and astrology and tarot and you know try to use divination and things like that and it's all quite a sophisticated um you know body of thought so that's kind of where the overlap is i think more so i'm, I'm not gonna lie i definitely have done um my own versions of like uh like spells and stuff like i like those um those cutting tie spells and i think it's like for yourself i think it's like something that you do like for your own like psyche and I don't think it actually really does anything but you know you have two candles and citrus and then you have a string and you say your intentions on the string and you light the candles and then eventually it'll burn the um the string right and that's like you know getting your own way of having peace yeah with like not speaking to somebody ever again or breaking up with a boyfriend whatever it is and um I, I find that kind of stuff to be um well, it's fascinating. Fine. Well, yeah. more fun, like a different way of like approaching it with yourself, like telling yourself like we're done with this. Like we have to do something better. I think it's like visualizing or manifesting what you what you're thinking. And as and we, yeah. you know, we've had we actually had celebrity witches on the show and we talked about more. We went obviously head first into that type of conversation where it is what what are modern day witches who are they what does that mean and a lot of it was practice that um, is very common in religion in common everyday religion if you know you start talking about the you know candles in in catholicism and smoke and all the and you know the body of christ and the blood of you know christ it, it, it they're out of context. It sounds very much alike. Um, I don't mean to be a heretic, but they do. It was just really interesting to talk about those things from that point of view. Um, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite witches, and uh, Rachel brought up the other day when we were ch chatting. Um, I want to talk about Bewitched, and tell. I'd love for you to share what your thoughts on on how what I thought was just like kind of an innocent TV show. Uh, how important you think it actually was. You mean Samantha? Yeah. Yeah, the show Bewitched. What was, what was the name of her cat? Her husband's name was Darren. It was, and they had the cat had a very funny, cute name. And I can't remember. I just went out of my head. I can't think oh. of it. I know. I have to, I haven't watched it I think it's Salem, isn't it? Isn't is it? it Salem? Well, Salem's the name of the cat in... Uh, no, Sabrina. that's the cat on the other show. Uh, yes, yeah, Sabrina. Sabrina. Samantha Stevens is, uh, I love her. Uh, and I'm really annoying to talk about this <laughs> <laughs> uh, my husband is so sick of hearing Bewitched, but Bewitched is kind of a really interesting show in terms of uh, the evolution of the image of the witch. Uh, so the kind of very down and dirty quick version of this is like we've been talking about, witches initially are perceived as these very frightening figures. They're uh, demon worshipers, right? They're evil. That's why we have this woman trying to lure kids into her candy covered house to eat like scary witch figure. <laughs> and that's what a witch is from the inception of the idea for hundreds of years. Um, and then we get to the 20th century and we start to see this figure changing and evolving. And one of the kind of big turning moments is uh, the television series Bewitched. 
because now we have a witch who is um, girl next door. You know, she's like America's sweetheart witch where she's beautiful and she's kind and she's intelligent and she's this kind of trying to be a perfect housewife. Um, And that's a very, very different version of what witches are. So you're starting to see uh, this changing cultural conversation about what witches can be. And now they're becoming just women who are literally empowered, supernaturally empowered, and they're becoming kind of um, uh, like role models in a way. And that's something that we see crescendo further, uh, you know, in the 90s. And of course, it's very popular motif today. Um, so that she's important in that context. And then also in terms of Salem, uh, Bewitched came and did a series of episodes that they filmed on site here in Salem. It's called the Salem Saga. If you've never seen the Salem Saga, go back and watch Bewitch. It's like three or four episodes. Uh, and they did it simply because there had been a fire in their Hollywood studios and they couldn't shoot in their normal um, you know, place. So they decided to go off site and film in Salem, famously known for its witch trials. It's crazy that they lit pick up the show and go from like Hollywood all the way to Salem, Massachusetts. I mean, I can see the tie-in, but I mean, just like on paper, but you know, like, they make everything happen and they make everything everywhere, especially back then uh, in Hollywood. It's amazing that they went that far. Yeah, it's really cool to see those episodes, too, because you get to see Salem in the 70s. Uh, you know, I think it was 1970 that they shot those episodes. Um, and this is before Salem is kind of what it is today. People are coming to Salem and they're interested in the history of witchcraft, but the tourism industry doesn't really exist in earnest yet. Our museum doesn't exist yet. There really wasn't anywhere for people to learn about the history of witch trials, uh, of the Salem witch trials, like in a complete way uh, at that time. So the national success of those shows really redirected interest at Salem and in part led to organizations like our museum springing up to kind of just meet the demand of people coming here interested in learning more about the witch trials. It's crazy. And here we just thought she inspired I Dream a Genie. <laughs> All right, I got the answer. <laughs> what was the answer? What is the Lucinda? Cat? Uh, Lucinda? What's and the then, name of the cat? And then her mother and Dora also oh, yes. used to come in as a cat. Oh, that's right. And they could transform, both of them could transform into, into cats. cats. A lot of cats on the shows. Yeah, because you remember the opening, which was animated. It's a cat sitting on the back of the on the broom, and it would change into or into Samantha. Yeah, yep. she was also a cat. That's what I'm saying. Is it? You yeah, guys, you yeah, said yeah, they yeah. transformed because I so, just remember the so, animation. So so apparently Lucinda is Lucinda is Samantha. Oh. And then she comes in the door as a cat, yeah. and then she turns into Samantha, Samantha, and then Darren falls in love with her, just petting the cat in the beginning. Oh. Yeah, it's a whole thing. I would also so like to come back as a cat. Yeah, you want... <laughs> Jesus. I'm making a cocktail. Let's go. A great... Let's get a cocktail. We're getting a cocktail. I can't. All right. I can't with all this pussy talk. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it. Okay, so, you know, what's more popular than ranch water right now? You know, seltzers are being made, and, and ranch water is a cocktail, and like. I have a feeling a lot of people don't know what actual ranch water cocktail is, and it's legitimately soda water, tequila, and lime juice, right? And um, most importantly, when you're making this drink, it's like you want to make sure that uh, you just kind of balance the cocktail. Well, I wanted to make 
something so simple and that everyone's drinking, um, a little bit more mysterious. So we're going to add what I what we talked about earlier was like a little bit of glitter component to it and something easy to do for um, this uh, time of the year and holiday season. So taking something so simple and making it just a little bit more playful and magical, if you will, right? All right, so let's make this cocktail. And like one thing I like to do is I like to shake the tequila and the um, lime together instead of um, just doing it straight into the glass. So first we're gonna do is get our um, glasses ready because I'm making it for Louise so she'll have to deal with my fingers. It makes it all taste better. Huh? It makes it all taste better. Yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna do one really pretty one like that. On the bottom, hold on. Get one really, really, really pretty for Louise. And then we make mine just a little bit not so great, but if you were here in person, I promise I would have made it just as, as pretty for you as well. Okay, so in the bottom we have a glitter um, lollipop, which is actually gonna be one of being the star for this cocktail. And I hate this ice, it makes me insane. I start bringing my own ice here. They're like little, I realize that the, um, our listeners don't know, I'm, we're uh, in studio and we have this like ice and they look like little top hats and they drive me insane. All right, so each cocktail has about an ounce of fresh squeezed lime juice. So that's roughly about one whole lime, depending on the size. If you're in California, it's half a lime. You guys have magical basketballs as limes over there and everywhere else has these tiny little ones. So I'm using a tiny little lime and I I have to say it's my favorite thing. So I'm putting the lime in first because um, I just want to make sure that it has like all the little oils and everything in there. And now we're going to take our tequila and we're using Espelon. I love Espelon, it's delicious, nothing else to say. Uh, you could do one and a half ounces of tequila. Uh, if you like it a little bit stronger, which Louise and myself do, we're going to put two ounces of tequila and then we're going to fill it up with soda water. So now you have these two things inside the bottom. And now I said, right? I like to mix these two in the glass. I do not put ice when I'm shaking these together. I'm not looking for any more water dilution because we're gonna actually use this with seltzer. So I just like to take it and give it a little bit of a shake, make sure it's fully incorporated, and then I strain it over the ice and then I will add my soda water and I will give it a stir. So we're gonna put that in. And all I'm just, just making sure that there's like properly mixed and I'm not trying to stir this drink too much. Um, okay, so now I'm gonna use regular old seltzer water. You can use any soda water, seltzer water that you like. I mean, literally, I think this is polar. You get it at your grocery store. You can go super fancy and use the high end, whatever you want. It just makes sure it's carbonated and it's delicious. You pour it over the top. And then you're gonna take your stirring spoon, give it a little plunge and give it a stir. Now you have what you call ranch water. Now, in the glitter one, when I put my lollipop already in there, we're gonna use that to be the stir. We'll just give it a little turn and starting to release the glitter, which is really fun. Oh, how cute. And what I really love. Now, my favorite part, and I have to make sure that Rachel can see, right? We're gonna take that. You can see this one has a little, a little flare. Now this is, this is a little bit, uh, now we're gonna add sugar to our ranch water. And this is a cotton candy. We're gonna put it in. And you can see it dissolving, which is really kind of fun. And in there is, a center of it is a bunch of glitter. And it just gives it a little dance, makes it a little bit dancey. 
and a lot of fun. Very glittery and a little bit ridiculous, really. I love that it's Dan. Can you see it? It's all it's all um, uh, glittery. So I think we're gonna do both examples here, which I think are super fun. Like you have the idea of putting your glitter in the bottom of the glass, and then you have full-on glitter. And I'll make I'll ask Louise, do you want me to add the glitter to this one too? No, we'll do it just like that. Yeah? Yeah. So you're gonna drink this one, shoot the what how yeah. are you gonna do it? We're gonna do them both. Do them? We're gonna shoot them both. We're gonna shoot them both. Okay. And then no, just like Don't that. put this one in there like that? No, we just got option one, option two. Option one, yeah. option two. Okay. Okay. So we love. Okay, okay. Well, I can't have just two. I need to have one more little garnish on the glitter one. Even though it's glitter, I have to add in there just, just a few more just for photos because I can't help myself. It's got to be dancey dancey. All right. So that's that's that. That's glitter in a cocktail. It's down like bewitching. It is bewitching. <laughs> it's just like a cat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, I cannot lie. I do like the glitter a lot. It makes me feel special. It's funny, right? <laughs> it's really cute. You know what I do like about it though? It's like if you have like, um, for me, right? I have kids in my house. I'm like, so you can have that out, you know, when, and the kids can take one and throw it in whatever they're drinking too. It doesn't like, doesn't like, um, you know, they, they can't not be included if you're doing a non-alcoholic drink. Even like something simple like pineapple and soda water, right? Is one of my favorite things to drink just in general, non-alcoholic, and you just throw one in and, um, it just looks cool, you know what See? I mean? Especially disco moms, right? There you you can disco mom. You can disco mom. Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's let's put it that way, for sure, right? <laughs> no, it's like a little, it's a little um, glitz and and magic. Yeah. 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 Modern day magic. You know, I will say that when you put in the cotton candy in the one to show the glitter, and when I tasted it, I expected it to be sweet. Oh, no. Because it was cotton candy, the cotton oh, candy oh, part oh, of it. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't. It's just a mechanism to deliver the yeah, it's glitter, just, I Yeah, guess. it's just this little burst. But it does have a flavor. Like, I yeah. I, I find it very funny when, like, um, so it's called luster dust. And luster dust has been used in cakes forever. Like, forever, forever. Anytime you've ever seen, like, you know, gold or silver or yeah. anything on your cake, it's been used forever. But now, all of a sudden, it's everywhere. People use it for everything. So I'm like... This is so funny to me. Like, I'm like, whatever. I'm Where here. do you find that? Where would you find Lester dust? Um, Lester dust can get on Amazon for sure, or at any cake shop, or like um, uh, Williams-Sonoma, any place that decorates cakes. You could just gotcha. buy it like that. Oh, interesting. Um, but if you want to get any of these things, that's um, the, the product that I use is 99 Problems But Glitter Ain't One, <laughs> and you could get them shipped to you from Amazon or any of your like higher-end um, kitchen stores, stuff gotcha. like that. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So where are they going to go to get this uh, recipe? You're going to go to designateddrinker.show, and you're going to get the cocktail recipe, and you can um, go back and look at our tips and tricks, mm -hmm. and follow us on Instagram, DM me, questions, I love it, um, hit me up. Yep. And if you've missed any of that, don't worry, just uh, scroll down in your episode notes. We'll have links to everything Gina was talking about, the website. Of course, you now you get every single tips and tricks, every single episode, every single recipe. Um, and then the other thing is that we'll make sure you have hot link to uh, the Salem Witch Museum in Massachusetts. So when you're ready to take um, your little... What is it? A herd? A murder? A squad? A what? A witches? I think a murder. To to <laughs> yeah, that's what I felt like. I felt like murder was right. A covet, uh, I believe. Your, group, your flock. <laughs> <laughs> to the museum. You can find out how you get your tickets right there. So, uh, yeah. Are you going to take your little witchies up there? I would. 
Yeah. Wait a minute. A group of witches is called a murderer? We're guessing. A murder. It's called a, a coven. Murder. Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess it would be a coven. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was joking. I just think a murder is kind of like, funny. What yeah, Especially crows. I was like, did you see my face? I'm like, I had definitely. Well, because you know it's a murder of crows. Yeah. So that's what I, I was, was just, just joking when I was making them. I was like, is that a coven? Like, it is. It is. It is a coven. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I, have, I was getting creative. I have puppy brain. <laughs> I am not sleeping these days. I did not have a new baby this time. Yeah. This time. <laughs> I got a puppy instead because I'm an idiot. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no. Great, that's awesome. I can't wait to meet little Miss Lola. I she's very cute. Um, is it time? Is it time? It is time. Oh my it god, is it time. is time. It's okay, time. this is gonna be an easy one, right? Okay. So, so our last question. This is also how we know if you ever listened to our show before. So, in this day and age, everybody identifies themselves with some sort of um, creature or a mythical animal, but in your case, you might identify with a black cat, right? Um, because that you can transform into the witch or, or any witch that you want to be. If you could be one magical ingredient to define you, or, or cocktail ingredient, or food ingredient, I had to throw magic in there when I can, um, what would that ingredient be and how does it define you? Could be for food or a beverage, doesn't either one. That's a fun question. So we've all heard the phrase, uh, eye of newt, right? That's, uh, you know, kind of traditionally yeah. associated with witches. So one of my favorite fun facts is uh, an eye of newt, the phrase, is not actually referring to a literal newt's eye. <laughs> this was kind of shorthand slang uh, from the Shakespearean period for uh, daisies. Uh, so there were lots of different yeah. kind of slang terms for uh, herbs, and it's kind of referencing uh, the magical use of herbs. Uh, so we talk about that a little bit in one of our exhibits here. Um, so I always kind of, uh, you know, I love that. It's a fun fact to whip out at a party. You know, when you hear <laughs> in Macbeth, you know, the eye of newt, tongue of dog, wing of bat, they're not actually talking about those literal ingredients that's just a joke that shakespeare's shakespeare's audience would have gotten that there are these different herbs that are associated with magic um so you know i don't know how you'd incorporate a daisy into what you're cooking but it certainly would make for a pretty garnish so i think i'm gonna have to go with an eye of newt <laughs> oh i love that that's so great i love wow. that who knew yeah i love that that's, that's awesome. amazing see we got fun Education can be fun. <laughs> Rachel just proved Absolutely. it. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is the greatest. Yeah. Well, on that note, cheers. Cheers. Here's to all you witches out there. To all you witches. <laughs> Keep being witchy, right? Yeah. May the witch be with you. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. How many more do we have? I don't even know. Too many. <laughs> The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, we craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. 
Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Links League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, please don't forget to follow, download, and review the shows. Your reviews help our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.